Good Monday morning and welcome to Connect, the California MBA's weekly podcast featuring one-on-one interviews with movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. It is still August and we are talking to some of the uh, top leaders in the residential lending industry this month. We've had a lot of great uh, conversations so far. We've got another one lined up for you this morning and we'll jump into that conversation here in just one second. But before we do, let's thank our sponsors over at Incelerate. Incelerate helps lenders close more loans through better borrower engagement. They are the mortgage industry's most innovative customer experience platform that delivers lead management, sales enablement, engagement, a robust mortgage-specific content library, and data intelligence all in one comprehensive and highly scalable platform. Accelerate delivers dynamic technology, strategy, and content for every channel of your business to ensure engagement throughout the customer journey, whether that be with your borrowers, referral partners, or any other party to the transaction. A dynamic enterprise solution seamlessly fits into your tech stack, whether that's your phone integration, POS, LOS, servicing, or uh, data enrichment, due to the advanced API connectivity, modern design, and open architecture. So gone are the days of managing multiple and separate systems like your CRM, your marketing automation, lead management, and having your data trapped in those silos. The innovative platform allows you to provide your internal and external customers timely, relevant information based on data intelligence to build repeatable outcomes at each stage of the customer's journey. So bottom line, close more loans, improve borrower conversions, enhance customer retention, transform your customer acquisition lifestyle, and create customers for life. So for more information, contact uh, Incelerate at the number listed in the description below, or you can go to Incelerate.com and schedule your demo there. All right, well, let's jump into the conversation. I'm excited to welcome back to the program, Terry Schmidt. Terry is the president of Guild Mortgage Company, Longtime member of the California MBA, big supporter of the association for a long time. And Terry has served on our board of directors. She's been an integral part of the association for a number of years, her and uh, Gil Mortgage. So, Terry, welcome back. Thank you. Good to see you, Dustin. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's start here. Let's uh, I think the last time we talked was uh, pre-COVID. So uh, um, maybe let's uh, start with uh, maybe the biggest lesson you've learned over the past year or year and a half now at this point, uh, past 18 months or so, whether that be a professional or personal, what uh, what's kind of uh, stuck out to you as the biggest lesson? You know, I think our world now is going to be defined as pre-COVID and post-COVID. <laughs> That's what everybody says, right? Yep. Um, yeah, it's cr- been crazy 18 months. Um, I would say that on a professional level, this, the ability to pivot to a work from home environment was shocking to me. I'm, you know, I'm kind of old school. I've been in the business for, you know, 37 years and I like an office environment. I like being around people, but, you know, this whole entire industry, how dynamic it is that everyone was so successful pivoting to this work from home environment. It was pretty incredible. So I was, that really shocked me. Um, I would say that on a personal level, you know, it's, you forget how important friendships and family are and, you know, having some more time to spend with, you know, close family members, um, especially my husband. I was like, you know what, I, I like this guy more than I ever thought I would. 
And so I'm like, okay, then, you know, this is going to last. So whoever, whoever spent as much time together as, you know, your significant other and your spouses, and if you're in a good place, then you're in the, you're in it for the long haul. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's absolutely, that's such a, a cool story. And I think there's a lot of them like that uh, over the past year or so that, you know, like you said, you're, you're sort of, you know, at, at certain points, you're literally trapped in your house, whether quarantine or, or uh, you know, both working from home kind of thing. So that's uh, that's really good to hear. Um, and so as far as guilt concerned, I'm curious, uh, is there something, uh, you know, maybe going back to March 2020, is there something that you guys are doing differently now that is that you see as maybe a permanent change? That's not something that's, you know, just specific to COVID, but something that is maybe a change to company culture or process or vision or something else? Sure. Um, I would say the remote work environment is here to stay. I think it'll probably end up in a kind of a hybrid um, approach going forward. And it's so early to tell how it, how it will end up. But I think we have to provide that flexibility to our workforce. And so that's, that's going to you know, go forward. Um, and I think we really haven't really changed our strategy except for we're taking a more disciplined approach to executing on our strategy. And we really dissected, you know, what, what goals and objectives do we need to, to make and, and move forward to, to support that strategy? And then what are those lead measures to help us get to that, you know, goal that we're trying to, to achieve? What does winning look like and define it? And then how along the way do we keep score to, to, to see that we're getting there and we're, we're meeting, you know, those, those um, timelines and executing, you know, effectively. And so we've put a pretty disciplined process in place over the last, you know, it's, it's actually been probably the last seven or eight months and it's working really, really well. So it's, it's pretty cool stuff. Was uh, would you say that uh, uh, the uh, the onset of the pandemic and going you know everyone going remote at that point is that what kind of spurred this or is this something that was already in the works or or how did uh, how did that uh, you know sort of change there come about? It it we had started kind of going down that path pre-COVID, but hadn't hadn't started um, implementing and executing. And you know once everything settled down. Um, uh, towards the fourth quarter, first of this year, and then we really put everything in place and started, you know, moving a lot faster. And I think the other thing was, you know, communication is is changing. And when you when you're in this environment where you have such rapid change, I think communication has to be two times as good. It has to be twice as good. And and then trying to figure out going forward is is how do we continue to engage our employees while they're working remotely? And we're still really trying to figure that out. But I think key is more communication is better than not enough. You think it's, you think it's enough, it's not, <laughs> it needs to be more. Yeah, when you can't exactly, you know, walk down the, walk down the hall and open their door and, and check in on them. I think, I think you're right that uh, you can't do enough communicating, whether that's through, you know, traditional phone and email or whether you're, you know, super uh, high tech and, and going going at it through Slack or something else like that. Um, so question for you, you guys have always been, Guild's always been a big player in the in the purchase market, at least as far as, um, as I've been able to watch from the sidelines here the last, uh, you know, uh, decade or so. 
Um, and so I'm curious now, as the industry is shifting away from uh, refi and kind of going back towards the purchase side of the, you know, as the pendulum swinging back, um, are strategies at Guild changing, or is this sort of like, you know, you're going right back to your wheelhouse and you guys are, are you know, ready and raring for uh, uh, the return of uh, purchase? You know, it is our wheelhouse. We never stop focusing on purchase. We, way back in 2008, we had, you know, a really strong plan that we said, hey, this is where our DNA has to sit all the time. We can never take our eye off it. And, you know, we pride ourselves on being a very much of a first time home buyer, um, you know, lender and um, to try to serve the underserved in the government markets. Um, and so we're always focused on purchase business. And even when we're recruiting organically or uh, the M&A play, like we did recently with this RMS transaction, they were 100%, you know, focused on their, their actual purchase percentage was higher than ours, which is amazing. So, and, and when we're looking at loan originators, we're looking at those that really focus their business on their referral partner relationships and their purchase business. So typically in a purchase environment, we actually gain market share and we do even better. And, and we've never taken our eye off the ball on that. It was purchase was always the primary focus and, and making sure that, that our customer base, our referral base, that that was first in line, always. Right. So this isn't, this isn't uh, the market transition here is not, much, not as much a, a, of a pivot for you guys as much as it is sort of a back to basics. No, in fact, we, we have even um, on our, because we, we're a servicer on our servicing portfolio, we've actually really worked on that customer life cycle and we're picking up 25% of the loans that pay off, 25% of those are purchases and we're picking up those purchase transactions. And so, you know, we're, it, it continues to be a big focus for us. I think for everybody that's in the purchase market, the pre-quals have been massive. So I think it's taking a little bit longer to get those transactions through the funnel just because people are waiting on properties. <laughs> you know, there isn't enough inventory out there. So, um, so it's just a longer turn time, but um, still focus is there. Yeah, no, I think you're totally right about the, uh, the issues in, in, the, uh, in inventory right now. We'll get to that here in a, in a bit. Um, so uh, shifting gears a little bit, um, I have a question for you. Since since last we talked, the company has uh, had their uh, uh, their IPO. You guys are now a public company, and uh, so I'm curious, what are some of the new challenges for you and the leadership team that uh, you guys have faced, and 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 then you know maybe to that effect, has the company culture shifted or changed or evolved or grown? What's what's sort of the the um, changes that you've seen at the company since the uh, uh, since you've gone public? Um, I think we have to keep our eye on the ball and the strategy that we're that we've you know um that we've communicated we have to really work hard to meet it so i think there's more pressure and to to just get things done faster um which is not a bad thing and so that's that's we definitely feel like we you know we have to do what we say we're going to do and make sure that you know we we um uh, implement what we say we're going to implement publicly. Um, and then the other thing I think is just the, the absolute misconception that things have changed. 
Nothing on our sales side, on our servicing side has changed whatsoever. Now on the back, the back office, of course, the finance side of it, there's there's more involved. We've got another, you know, regulator, the SEC. So um, you know, there's those those kind of things, but that doesn't impact the the front end of the business. And so really it's pretty much business as usual. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fair enough then. Um, since the company is uh, one of, if not the, you know, one of the largest uh, IMBs that are operated at the top by women, uh, I think you guys are in something of a, a unique place. And so I'm curious uh, from your perspective, what's maybe the biggest advantage the company has seen having you and, and Marianne McGarry uh, um, in leadership for so long? I mean, I think you both have been at, at, uh, at the top uh, of the leadership uh, um, a structure there at Guild now for you know several decades. So I'm curious, what to, how have you guys seen an advantage there or a benefit? Um, I would say that we have created a really collaborative environment, very inclusive, and I think our employees feel like they have a voice and they're heard and what their opinion me means something to us. And I think that that attract that kind of environment is very attractive to a lot of of women as well as men. I mean, it's it's and we we naturally have um, in, attracted leadership, female leadership. It's just not not by design, but just by you know having so much female leadership, like you said. And I think everybody here feels like they can accomplish whatever they want to accomplish. I mean, like I've never felt like they that I had um, obstacles that that I where I couldn't do something that I thought was important and and made a difference for the organization and I think that's permeates the company quite a bit so we have a very um, good culture where it's more teamwork oriented and um, and collaborative in solution in solving problems. Yeah, and I think you're right about it. It, it you know, that appeals to anybody and everybody. I mean, mm -hmm. I think that, uh, if, from any perspective, you always want to be in a in a, uh, a place where your voice is going to be heard, and and uh, you're going to be in an environment where it's you know about team. I, I'm I, I totally agree with that. And to that to that end, um, I think that you guys. One of the things that has always struck me about Guild is uh, how you guys always promote seem to promote uh, from it, from within. When it comes to the leadership, I mean, you look at some of the the most of the leadership uh, group at Guild right now. It seems like you can look at their bios, and it's you know they started you know 10 years ago at Guild or 20 years ago or 15 years ago at Guild, and have just you know climbed the ladder there. So, how crucial to the success of the company has that you know effort to promote from within been? I think that you need to have a development path for your employees as much as you can, and whether you're an individual contributor or you're on the, the leadership path, you should have a path and you should know how to get where you want to go. And we think that's extremely important. And, you know, and I think this industry in general um, feels that way because that knowledge is really is so critical. Having having the knowledge that, that we have and, and being through, you know, COVID being through the 2007, 2008 meltdown and having all these different experiences that, you know, tribal knowledge, if you will, is really, really critical to, to having, you know, even, even if you have to bring in 
somebody from the outside having that knowledge base and that foundation, it just makes that newbie even more successful. And so we're lucky that we have that blend and it's worked out really well for us. And then, you know, we've got um, tracks for all, all different employees. We've got coaching tracks for salespeople, whether they're, you know, a loan officer assistant and they start there and they want to go to the loan officer level or whether they have experience and they've come into the business, but they just want to build their business. And, you know, the same on the ops side, same on servicing and uh, the back office. So we do a lot of mentoring. Um, we've got, it's, it's a very, um, we have a very servant culture that I'm really proud of. And you know, we've got people across the country that act as mentors to, to others in, in other markets. And so um, always willing to share good experiences and bad. And, and you know, it's like some of these, you, you think about some of these other industries where my son's an engineer, and as an example, and he, um, he said, you know, mom, the only way that I can, can get up to the next level and really, you know, get a big promotion is if I leave the company and go to a competitor and you never want that. No. And, and I think, you know, we're lucky in this industry because I think we, we recognize talent and, you know, want to make sure that we keep talent. So it's good. Yeah. Well, and I think you guys have certainly made it clear where you stand when it comes to professional development. I mean, even just here with the California MBA, you guys have been big supporters of the future leaders program for a number of years. We've got folks who have gone through the Future Leaders program that are still with Guild and are now mentors of current Future Leaders. So I, I think you're, you, you have certainly built that culture there. And I can't imagine the you know, impact it must make with new folks when they come in and they see, they can go and look and see at the leadership of the company and say, okay, well, there is a path. This person started where I'm at now and they're now in the leadership uh, structure mm -hmm. at, at the company. So I think that's, that's really cool to see. Um, so switching gears here a little bit here, I'm curious, uh, looking at the at the market itself right now, what, uh, from your perspective, president of a, a large uh, lender and uh, servicer, what is the most important economic indicator that you look at, other than obviously interest rates, um, that uh, maybe you watch on a regular basis is the first thing you look at in the morning or the last thing you look at when uh, before you go to bed? Well, we, uh, we all, all look at the 10-year treasury and what's going on and all, you know, what happens with the, the federal, the, the, um, meetings that they have. Um, and then we're always looking at employment numbers, housing inventory, inflation, um, delinquent, delinquency trends in our industry. Um, and then we're, we're very focused on market share growth in the areas we're in, in the areas that we're not in. And where is the, you know, uh, where is the country seeing the growth? Those are kind of our key indicators. Yep, makes sense. So I, when it comes to inventory itself here, we've got just a couple more minutes, um, but I'm curious your thoughts on this. Um, are, do you think that we're going to continue to see, uh, maybe even in, in specifically in California, uh, the uh, inventory squeeze continue to you know drive prices up, maybe not at the rate they were six months ago or 12 months ago, but do you think we're going to continue to see that or are we going to get some relief when it comes to inventory in the near or medium future? Well, it looks like it's starting to slow down a bit. So in June and July, the um, inventory actually grew slightly, which is the first time that's happened since like April, May of 2019. 
So, and, and, and I, it sounded like California kind of led the charge there. So it is starting to stabilize somewhat, but just with the shortage, um, it, it's still going to be a pretty hot market for a while. But I think those, those days of these double digit um, uh, sales appreciation, I think we're going to, that's going to slow down quite a bit. And there's markets in the country now where those, those sellers, their asking price, they're actually coming down in, in asking price. So, um, so I think it's starting to stabilize, but it's still super, super healthy. So maybe not white hot, but red hot still. Right. right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So uh, final question here, we've got just a couple minutes left, um, and uh, I want to go back to what kind of what we started about uh, when I introduced you. you know, Guild has been a, a member of the California MBA for so long, and I'm curious, and you've been a, a big reason why they've been a member. And so I'm curious, from your perspective, maybe speaking to a, a potential member or a, a company out there that doesn't really know much about the California MBA or the national MBA even, you know, why does Guild continue to support the uh, advocacy and grassroots efforts of both the California MBA and the national MBA? Well, for California, this is our roots. We started the company, our founder started the company in 1960 in California. So uh, we're very committed to supporting the housing um, industry in California. And I think um, the CMBA specifically, you, you all, have have been such a stable force for our industry and we need to keep to keep you know having a voice and the more the more we work together as an association the bigger our voice can be and you know you've got um lobbyists in california that have been working with the cmba i since back i don't know how long they've been with, with they predated me Right. It's been years, been pre-me, I think. And so they and they know our business. They know it's important to the um, the the members and they do a fabulous job. And then, you know, you guys are great at networking. You have great networking events um, that you're going to you're going to be having in, in the near future. The the um, the uh, secondary event. And so it's a great way to um, get educated, get educated get to know some other people. Um, I've met great people through the, the association and, and being involved in the CNBA over the years. And you know, just all the um, education and the resources are phenomenal. So um, we, will, we will always be a member of the CNBA. That's great to hear. Thank you, Jerry. Yeah, and uh, and you know, you mentioned the uh, Western Secondary. For those that are are uh, watching this here on on Monday, Western Secondary starts tomorrow on uh, on August 24th through the 26th in Dana Point. So if you haven't registered yet, make sure and uh, you can actually come on site and register at the conference. And uh, it's going to be a, a fantastic event, the first uh, in-person event for us in quite some time. So we're we're really looking forward to it. Well. Terry, thank you again for your time. It was great catching up with you and uh, chatting. Hopefully, we'll be able to see uh, see you at some point in the near future in person. Um, but uh, you know, best of luck to you guys at uh, Guild going forward, and uh, we will uh, see you soon. Thank you so much, and it was great to see you, Justin. Take Have care. If you enjoyed the conversation here, make sure and subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And we'll be back again next week for another episode of Connect. We'll see you then. Here we go.